Just the look of the call makes you so giddy to be an American duck hunter. Bring the beat back. Chad Belling back at you. Chad's an OG, but his call calling game ain't got nothing on me. That's a duck. Hey, in this room, it's so hot in here, maybe I'll start to believe it myself. Welcome to the foul life. We merely exist in a duck's world. We train, breathe, and live by the migration. All of that goes into this crazy life of a duck hunter. We're steadfast, unwavering, the last of a breed. It is our right to hunt. I still believe it's a privilege, too. We are the foul life with Chad Belding. Proudly brought to you by Benelli, Bandit, Yukonuba, and Traeger. It's so foul, like birds and stuff. Hey everybody, what's going on? Chad Belding back at you with another episode of the Foul Life Podcast. This is the Sig Sour Peace of Mind series. And today we have our good buddy Jared Woodward back on the podcast. He's in studio to talk about a bunch of stuff I wanted to go over, including grip. One of the things that I've been practicing a bunch on when I'm practicing my handgun shooting, with whether I have the 320 or my 365, is my grip. How tight do I hold it? How hard do I squeeze? Do I cup it? Do I put one hand around the other? How do my fingers line up? How do my thumbs line up? I want to make sure that everything is perfect so when I'm practicing, I'm preparing for anything that might go down, whether it's home defense or if it's a concealed carry type of situation. I wanted to discuss that grip with Jared because it's something that I think is key to everybody. And it should be just like riding a bike to where when I grab my shotgun and I'm out in the goose field or the duck blind, it is like riding a bike. I grab it, shoulder it, look down that rib, and I'm on the target. But handguns and practicing them has been you know I haven't got to do it as much as I'd like to and it seems like every time I pick up my gun I'm battling myself on what my grip should be and I want it to become second nature to me so today myself and Jared we discuss that we also discuss trigger pull we talk about where do you touch the trigger at and how hard do you squeeze it and what does it mean with the recoil of that gun and staying on that target and getting back on that target and how important grip and trigger pull is to that so that's a couple things that i wanted to go over with jared there's a lot more to the podcast like pressure and breathing and preparing for that moment in case something does happen god willing that it doesn't but sometimes it will and we have to be prepared that's why we have teamed up with sig sour that's why we have friends and people like jared woodward on the podcast he's a police officer of over 20 years he's been on duty he's been on patrol he's been in the trenches and seen it all go down and he understands firearms and handguns and operation and mechanics and technique and that's why I just want to keep drilling him and bringing him into the studio and talking to him because I think it's something that is so important right now on top of everything that goes into the safety and the respect of your handgun and everything that Sig Sauer preaches and teaches in their classes it's one of those things to where it's so important to me and that's why we want to bring you the Sig Sour Peace of Mind podcast. I hope you all love it as much as I do. I love having Jared in the studio. I know you all are going to enjoy this conversation, but before that, we have to get to a real quick commercial break, and then we'll return with Jared Woodward in just a moment. 
Chad, who would you like to thank? Like to thank partners like Benelli and Federal and Mojo and Realtree and Bandit and I'm talking about that feeling of like Avery, Kershaw and Mickey Thompson, Jargon and Gator Coolers. I want a sponsorship from Irish Spring right here, breaking it down. The provider, Lear Campers, Bodyguard Bumpers, Rigid Lights, Corning Ford and our Ford trucks. Can you imagine? Six Hour. This time of year though, I've been finding myself like craving Yukonuba dog food, Mossy Pond Retrievers, Traeger Grills. It had something else with it right now and I can't remember what it was. That's what we talked about, getting back to the basics, understanding fun and who would say that? This podcast has to be the greatest thing ever. The foul life. It's so foul. Like, ew. Not foul like that, like with a W foul. When it comes to setting up the perfect spread, there's one crucial element, motion. Ducks have sharp eyes, and static decoys won't fool them for long. That's where motion decoys step in, bringing your spread to life and creating an irresistible scene. So why are motion decoys so important? Ducks are social creatures, and they seek cues that signal safety for landing. By adding motion to your spread, you're telling passing flocks that it's all clear and inviting them to join the party. Mojo's spinning wing decoys emulate the flash of duck wings from afar to draw them in and finish them like magic. Mojo's decoys are specifically designed to catch ducks' attention, and Mojo's motion decoys shine on those calmer low wind days when natural water movement is lacking. So if you're serious about bringing ducks to your blind, embrace the power of motion decoys with Mojo and head for MojoOutdoors.com today. Hey everybody, it's Chad Belling with the Foul Life Podcast. I'm so excited to announce the 2023 Benelli Migration Madness Sweepstakes. From August 1st through October 31st, 2023, go to shoot-on.com. Again, that is shoot-on.com forward slash Benelli Migration Madness for your chance to be entered to win over $15,000 in prizes, including a collection of Benelli Super Black Eagle 3s and 3.5 inch 12 gauge, 3 inch 20 gauge, and the new 28 gauge all decked out in the new Realtree Max 7 camouflage pattern. Also included is a $4,000 online shopping spree from our friends at Banded, Greenhead Gear, and Avery Outdoors, plus three cases of ammo for each of the SBE3s from Federal Premium and a pair of Wing Shooter Alpha Shield hearing protection that are valued at over $1,400 a pair. It's the 2023 Benelli Migration Madness Sweepstakes brought to you by our friends at Banded and Federal Premium Ammunition from August 1st through October 31st. Again, go to shoot-on.com forward slash Benelli Migration Madness to be entered to win that $15,000 and prizes. I'm Chad Belding. Good luck to everybody. Today's episode of The Foul Life is the Sig Sour Peace of Mind series with host Chad Belding and special guest and police officer Jared Woodward. So for me, when I get up, I'll grab my gun, make sure everything's the way it should be, check the magazine, check the chamber to make sure there's one loaded. I'll probably holster up and then I'll do one quick draws just to make sure that it's in the position that I want it to be and then I'm off to work. To never settle and learn more about Sig Sour, visit SigSour.com. Let's join Chad Belding and Jared Woodward in the Sig Sour Peace of Mind series what do you think the most important aspect is or i guess functionality or mechanic in being a successful handgun shooter on target i'm not talking the pressure's on at night and you hear the window break or i'm not talking you're in a situation with your concealed carry permit in a public place i'm talking out on the course targets are out there and you're practicing but you're practicing with a cause what is the most important 
mechanic one can have or possess that's going to help him or her? Probably the biggest fundamental I would say is grip. If you have a good really good strong firm grip that you need to have on that gun i think most people probably don't grip it enough um i'm not talking like a death grip like everything's shaking so hard that you're squeezing it but something firm enough that to me you're going to help recover faster from recoil be on target better come back to that zero spot uh, so i think grip would be the most important thing everything revolves off that grip like I know like when I grab a baseball bat how your knuckles are supposed to be lined up. You know mm-hmm. like you watch major leaguers now and you say, you tell your kids, "Hey, that's not the fundamentals we're learning." They got their bat waving like yeah, this. Yeah. They got their hand way down below the knob of the bat with their pinky wrapped around it so they can get ultimate length on it mm-hmm. to get that whipping effect. A lot of kids aren't strong enough to do a lot of things they see on TV. Yep. Is there a fundamental grip that maybe as a police officer or somebody that shoots every day, maybe you guys get away from and you're, you can do more things and stay like that baseball analogy, right? But is there a fundamental grip that you can describe that somebody should start with? Well, I wouldn't say that like there's something that we can get away with that a new shooter or a younger shooter um, that doesn't have the grip strength that maybe I have or that you possess to really get away. I think the same grip it's just amount of pressure to it. So with your strong hand, for me, I am gripping with the palm and my front fingers. I'm squeezing front to back on the front back strap of the, the, the rifle or the, the grip. I'm squeezing back and forth. Then with my support hand, I'm coming into the side and I'm kind of pressing it into the gun's grip, the open space. And then I take my fingers and I wrap them around the front of my other fingers and I squeeze those side to side. So I'm kind of applying that pressure side to side. The gun's going to take the path of least resistance. So if you've ever shot one-handed, like for a right-handed shooter, if I'm shooting one-handed, the gun's going to go up and to the left. Why? Because there's nothing on that side of the grip that's holding it there, or there's no pressure from that side. So it's going to come up and to the left. For a left-handed shooter, it's going to come up and to the right because there's nothing, There's a void there. So we're trying to keep it to where there is no void anywhere. And we've got that grip all covering all 360 of that the grip modular for me my thumbs are forward kind of pointing towards my target in that grip i'm really trying to focus on isolating my trigger finger i don't want to be squeezing harder as i'm squeezing the trigger so for me i get my grip that's that and i isolate just this trigger finger i've gripped with my strong hand nothing gets tighter over here and then my trigger finger is the only thing that moves so I guess that's kind of how I, I, it's kind of hard, I guess, in words to describe that. Maybe like for people that have shot before, they get it. Um, for new people, it, more of a demonstration would help in that aspect to show. But I'm squeezing front to back with my strong hand on the front and back strap of the grip. And then from the support side, I'm really just pushing in and I squeeze my fingers. My front fingers are like a clamp and it just clamps down and squeezes together so that it isolates. What did you mean by side to side? How you pull your, you said squeeze your fingers side to side. I want to make sure we get the grip right though. Okay. So the handgun's there. Let's say, okay, 
I'm going to do this as a lefty, but mm-hmm. obviously as a righty. Mm-hmm. I'm going to apply my left hand first to the main part of the grip. And you're going front to back, squeezing. Front your, to back, your, pulling, pull my pull fingers back, back towards, towards your palm, right? Okay. And you're squeezing that together. But, and I'm, then that, I'm, but I'm leaving my, my trigger finger isolated. Isolated, okay? And so that's got no pressure on it. And it's got no pressure, and it's super relaxed. Super relaxed, okay. okay. So now, if you picture this listening audience, again, left hand. Now I'm going to take my right hand, and some people have heard the saucer grip on a revolver some people have heard the cup or the, the, the cup, cup and grip. saucer yeah okay. we nobody does that. i mean i would say nobody does that really anymore nobody does this anymore so take that ideology of cupping your hand like you're going to drink out of a creek of uh, get some water out of a creek you're not going to have your hand on the bottom of your other hand and that, that was kind of like a stabilizer in the old days of shooting yep. hang and they thought that that would stabilize but really it's doing the same thing because there's no resistance on this side of the gun yep. so as soon as you would shoot that would pop out of the cup and you're and go to but, the and your accuracy's of, not there, right? Yeah, path of and, least resistance. And yep. your recoil was so bad shooting one handed yes. like that that you couldn't get back on target. Yep. Your your controlled pairs, your double taps are never gonna be very consistent because it's gonna take you too much effort to get back down down on target. Okay, so now I'm gonna take that right hand. Your right hand, take that palm portion. Now, now I'm gonna take that palm portion and do this. Yep. And, and now I'm now I'm squeezing that into my other it, fingers. It, no, you're gonna squeeze that into the grip because the way that that will end up but your fingers are still there yeah but you you won't get it all the way around picture right there yeah so that's that right there and then those your front fingers your fingers come back go around around your other fingers and squeeze those together so your index finger of your offhand my right hand will be laying on top of my middle finger yep because my index finger on my other hand is using my trigger and that's right under the trigger guard that's right on the trigger now what do i do with my offhand thumb Point it straight down the slide. The slide towards your target. Yep. And what do I do with this thumb on my? That one's going to wrap around and be right on top of your other thumb, pointing down the target line or your slide line, right towards your target. So it's going to be pointing in the same exact direction as my offhand thumb. Yep. Right down the slide towards the target. Yep. So that's the grip right there. That is the grip. So hopefully, the number one thing, which it is, it's very important, the grip, and it's got to become second nature where you grab that gun practice makes perfect on this whether you're drawing a gun perfect practice perfect i will tell people this like hey you get a million reps in and nine hundred and fifty thousand of them are and to kind of questionable you didn't get perfect okay i would rather do less number of reps but do them correctly to start ingraining that rep into you the grip all starts at the holster at the draw whether it's a concealed carry draw or from a, a duty holster or a competition holster that grip all starts right there it starts right there right as soon as you touch the gun mm-hmm. let me ask you this i just was in minnesota shooting okay and this was one of the questions posed to the it was a semi-instructor but he, he knew what he was talking about when do you load your gun was the question and the guy kind of had to take a step back of like, because you're talking about, you know, as soon as you start from that holster mm-hmm. or whatever you're carrying, it could be a, a, it could be a pelvic holster, it could be yep. a side holster, it could be one that's hanging on the outside, chest holsters. Yep. When do you load your gun was the question. My point of that question is, is that some people are thinking that they don't have a round in the chamber during concealed time, during home defense time. During 
you know, you, when you go out in the, the range, you don't get out of your truck and you uh, you don't have all of your magazines loaded up, maybe per se. You might yeah, load yeah. them on the tailgate. But when do you load your gun was the question. And I didn't laugh at it because I'm like, it makes sense to a lot of people because I want you to explain. They want with, to be the safest that they can. And that's the concept that they're and getting I want after. You to There's ex- nothing in there that's not going to go off, right? Yeah, and I want you to explain if you have a loaded gun on your hip or in your pelvic or in your chest, what makes that gun go off? Because the, what the instructor explained was the gun is loaded. The gun is ready to go or else it's useless, mm-hmm. right? That's the whole 100%. mindset. So how does that gun go off? What are the ways it can go off? Because even when your gun is loaded in a lot of shooting scenarios and a lot of these people in this shooting deal we were doing were hunters. So they're thinking bolt action rifle. They're thinking shotgun. You got to slide the safety off, push the safety off and you go to shoot and your gun can still have one in the chamber and a couple in the magazine and a duck hunt, right? Yeah. yeah. Shotgun. You still got to click that safety off. That's the safe Mm -hmm. part of, of being ready to go. The birds are coming in, get ready, get ready, get them. You do not click that safety off until the muzzles cleared the blind and you're pointing at the birds. Yep. So when do you load a handgun and how do you know it's not going to go off when it's just sitting in your holster? That was the whole basis of this person's question. Okay. So for me, I've always said it's ridiculous, but I understand, just like you're saying, the safety side of things, right? So most handguns, not all, most, don't have like an external type safety where they're they're having to manipulate a safety. I actually carry a gun on duty that is considered, it's a single action only gun. So it's like a 1911 style, but it's not a 1911 style. It's SIGS 226 single action only. So I have a manual safety that I have to manipulate down or the gun's not going to, the trigger's being blocked by the safety. So it won't set the, the hammer won't hit the sear and all that and go forward and hit the firing pin, right? But I carry a, like right now, I've got the SIG 365XL on me. There's one in the chamber and it does not have an external safety to manipulate. So I think it's personal preference in what you're comfortable with. I do think that if you're going to carry concealed or it's going to be something that you're going to have to get to at a moment's notice and possibly have to use it, uh, the gun's pretty much useless. Like the guy said, if there's nothing in the chamber, if you don't have a bullet in there, there's no round in the chamber. That thing's nothing. It's a piece of metal or plastic, and that's it. Um, how does the gun go off? Well, something's got to disengage the trigger group, okay? Now, there are guns out there that have had issues or um, they're worn so much that the mechanics inside of it have been worn down to where they're not holding. The sear is not holding in there. It's not retaining that firing pin to where it's supposed to be. So a hard drop, a fall, I guess, could cause that to go off. Most guns, if not all of them, they have a drop standard on them. So they will drop them from a certain distance on hard, on soft, on carpet, whatever, to make sure that it just that shock is not going to dislodge that trigger group and cause the firing pin to, to strike, right? So ultimately, how does a gun get discharged? The trigger gets pulled. Okay, so let's say that you have a chest holster on. Uh-huh. And I'm just throwing around analogies, okay, okay. of safety. Our goal is to give people confidence that you can have confidence and carry mm-hmm. with the gun being ready to roll. Yep. Otherwise, it's just a piece of metal. I wear chains, right? I don't personally, but let's say you wear some chains. You got some necklaces on. Yes. Hypothetically, potentially, realistically, that chain could go down your shirt and wrap around that trigger. You yank your head up because you get stung by a bee. Can that gun go off if you pull that chain hard enough? 
It could. So do you see what I'm saying? Is like 100%. The question that this person is saying, so you're telling me I walk around with a loaded gun and I bend over in my shrubs and a tree limb accidentally goes down and, and grabs onto me and I pull away and all of a sudden I forget my guns on me. I know these are very hypothetical, but that tree limb activates the trigger. The gun goes off. And honestly, uh, th- this has happened across the country. We've had holsters that have... I wouldn't say too much playing them, but there's too much gap in between the the plastic holster portion of it and where the gun something is. Something can get down. Something we, we we had a a zipper from a coat get down in between the gun and its holster. Well, guess where it went? Right in the trigger guard. When you, you know you pull your coat off, right? Well, he went to pull his coat off and bam, it, bam! It pulled the trigger. Is it the gun's fault? No, because the gun did what it was designed to do. If you pull my th- this trigger, it's going to disengage the trigger group, which is going to cause the firing pin to strike whatever is in front of it, right? And at that point in time, there was a live round there. So it went off. Um, so I go back to this. Quality. Quality holsters. Yeah. Okay. And there's a company that we all carry probably, I would say, 90 Eight percent of us probably carry it in law enforcement. Yeah, Safari Land holsters. They recognize some of this, and they're like, "That holster model's done. Like, we are going to have to go back to the drawing board to make sure we don't have these issues." So, you get some knockoff brand holster, not a good reputable. It's sloppy. You can feel it. You could have that possibility. So, Absolutely. So the holster's a big deal. Holster's a huge deal in this stuff. They are they are married together, if you ask me. So in retail a lot today, you see a lot of online ordering, right? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of Amazon. All oh, it's stuff. huge. But in this game, in this purchase right now, you have to go in and get fitted. You have to physically see it. Maybe you, maybe not on your second purchase if you're ready to, and you get the yeah. same one. But is it smarter to go into a brick-and-mortar gun store and get fitted by somebody that you take that 365 SIG? I want a holster that's going to be safe. There's not a lot of play in it. It's going to be comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, is that what you would say? Or can you just go online and read a recommendation and, and reviews and buy one? I'm a little different in that only because of how long I've done this, right? But I would say, yes, I like, me personally, I like to put my hands on stuff. Whether that means you go into that store and you're going to get that guy's, the, the salesman's knowledge or playing with the package or pulling the, the holster out and looking at it and seeing the feel and all that stuff and then going home and ordering online, whatever works for you in that aspect. I think that you could go either way with that. I just look at certain brands that I know and I've trusted and I've used. And I take the recommendation of other other guys that I work with or, or other quote-unquote professionals that that's what we do every day. I look at those things. But there are certain brands out there that I think are better than others. I see a lot of people still trying to carry Miami Vice style, just stuck down your pants. Most dangerous thing I've ever seen. Like it is, it's not secure. It's not in the same spot. Like we talk about, we were just talking about the draw on that. Well, if my gun moves two inches, my draw is different. Yeah, every time. I got to go find my gun. So you want a holster that's going to secure that weapon in the same place on you all the time. 
belts come so into your, play. Your gun right now is, is is somewhere on your body in a holster that's the same exact place, and you might carry it in different places depending on the thing. But right now, if it's a back carry or wherever it is, yep. it's in the same place that your back carry yep. would always be. This holster for this holster and this gun, it is in the exact same spot. I mean, probably within less than a quarter of an inch. So when you wake up in the morning and you're getting dressed and you know that you're okay, you're not on duty, you're not working today, but you're going to be carrying like you are today. Mm-hmm. You get that gun out of the safe place in your house. You might have a, a safe next to your bed that you might have two guns or whatever. Yep. It, it was open during the night in case, and then it's locked during the day, but you have, you take one gun out and now you're going to carry. Do you put it on you before you leave the house and you run out and you or walk out and you jump in your truck? Or do you, would you tell somebody like, let's say you're at a sub sandwich shop and you got your gun on you and you're carrying concealed legally mm-hmm. permitted. Do you come out and jump in your truck and drive away or do you take it out and set it in your console and let it ride there or do you drive like you are right now i drive with the way i am right so now. that gun like if you go out and like you like guys do sometimes bo and luke duke you jump up into your truck and you slam your ass on the seat and you're starting it up that trigger's not going to be activated by any nope. of that nope absolutely not 100 percent. 100 percent. now you would ensure this by saying that you do this every single day. You drive, you sit, that you're in different angles with your body. You're in prone position. You're sitting up like this. You're driving slouched over a little bit, relaxing. Your gun's fine. Gun's totally fine. So I you have, don't I take have, it out every time you come out of a store or out of your house nope. and set it in the coat and then reapply it once you get back out. Nope. You don't want anybody seeing you put your gun I don't on. want to. Well, that and if something happens, I don't want to have to think about okay i gotta grab my gun before i go yeah out of the car my gun's with me at all times one and it's other safety thing i mean i see some people and 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 i'm not saying that's a bad thing in any way shape or form where they have the little holsters or the mounts in their cars or trucks right that way they can get to it because it is a different draw i have practiced this from sitting in a car we do this at work we practice having to draw our weapons from a car position or a seated position if you don't practice that, it's it's going to be more of a challenge. If somebody's attacking you in your car, you're gonna have to hike your hips up to get to your 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 sidearm that's on your your hip or your appendix carry. You're gonna have to move a little bit, and if you haven't really practiced that move, it's gonna be slow. Same thing with if it's in the console. I mean, now I got to open up the console to get to it. So either way, I think you got to practice whatever you're gonna do. So for me, when I get up. I'll grab my gun, make sure everything's the way it should be, check the magazine, check the, the chamber to make sure there's one loaded. I may, I'll probably holster up and then I'll do one quick draw or two quick draws just to make sure that it's in the position that I want it to be. So I'll sweep my shirt out, I'll pull my shirt up and then I'll go to my draw just to make sure that it's secured where it should be and my draw has not been changed by positioning and then I'm off to work or I'm off to wherever I'm going. Um, so, yeah, no, I don't. My gun stays on me. The only time it will come off is, honestly, if I was maybe going to a doctor's appointment that they're like, hey, you got to undress. Or um, if you go to a Reno Aces game, you can't carry, right? So you take your kids in there. So I can. As a cop, you can. I can. Is it so, cool to say cop? Yeah. Is a cop a derogatory term to a police officer? I don't think so. 
That's just my in police academy. It stood for citizens on patrol. That was a good. That was, <laughs> that was a good, a good movie. movie. No, uh, I don't think. What if you get rear-ended and you get a real heavy impact and you got your back carry going on that you do right now? Nothing. Should have no impact with that gun. No effect on that gun whatsoever. Testing obviously happens with guns. Drop tests, mm-hmm. impact tests, yep. all the trigger pulls. What is the poundage of a factory trigger on a three sixty five? Is it four? I think it's like five and a half. Five actually. and a half? Between five, five and a half. Do you manipulate your trigger at all for duty? No. So I keep all my stuff factory set up. I, the, there's a reason SIG puts it in that position. They've done enough testing and that stuff on it. Why mess with it? It's like your trucks. I know these. everybody wants to chip and do all these crazy things to their trucks. Ford, GMC, Dodge, whatever. There's you don't a reason. Need more power. There's a reason why they did it that way. It, they're keeping it within the safe constraints of that engine, right? Same thing here. Yeah, I could go in and shave and probably polish and and that stuff. But now, did I polish off or grind off too much? And now the sear won't actually stick. Well, now I've ruined that whole piece. Why? They've made it to that spec for a reason. They know that blowing on it. it's not going to make the gun go off or that impact somebody tackling me it's not going to make my gun go off. that was my next question you're standing there and you see an old high school buddy and you've seen it happen where they just think it's customary to come to up grab and smoke them. your yeah. ass right and, and drill you you know for old time's sake it will not go off i pro I, I i've i've done i don't know how much testing on guns i've drop tested guns for sites and other th- objects that are on there on asphalt on concrete six feet high my head level with one in the chamber nope i don't put one in the chamber but i'll still know if it went off right right because it will disengage the trigger but why wouldn't you put one in the chamber well because it's already been tested it's already been set by sig why wouldn't you have the confidence in it i'm just asking uh, I'm just playing devil's advocate. I get, what, I get what you're saying there. But it, it's not worth it. But it's not worth the risk of... They don't do it either. And it's not like your gun's getting dropped like that all the time. But no, that's a, that, that, is, that is a very, very hard impact on a gun. Yeah. I'll guarantee you, Sig, nobody sits there and runs live ammo because it isn't worth it. No. Um, the, the whole thing of, hey, you know your target, all that stuff, right? It's a safety rule not to have that in the chamber while you're doing that type of a test but you will know if it disengaged that trigger because when i pick that gun up in a i'll point it in a safe direction knowing that it's empty and i'll press the trigger right if the trigger goes off then the trigger wasn't disengaged right if it doesn't go off because of that then i know that it was disengaged somehow right so no we like i've done a ton of that stuff for our department and the 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 range staff we we test all sorts of things i've had guns actually from sig i just wanted to see i wanted to see how hard i could kind of torture test guns um to see if i could take them to that brink of failure like hey is this going to happen i've got no cleaning on one gun probably 6500 rounds 7,500 rounds through it right now. Haven't cleaned it once. Runs like a champ. Why wouldn't you clean it? Not that I wouldn't clean it. I want Sounds to, like me and my Benelli's. I want to see how well it will run, how, what it will perform like if I didn't have time to clean it, if I couldn't do this. If it, hey, is it going to perform to the same standard dirty as it does clean? And it does. I mean, we take our new recruits. They clean their gun the very first day of the academy. They That's don't it. They don't clean it until the end of the academy. And how we, long is that? 
a total of 22 weeks. There's like 12 or 13 days, full days on the range. They will fire anywhere between 2,000 and 2,500 rounds. We want them to feel confident that, hey, if you were up at the range and we shot, we were shooting, and they called out an officer needs help getting shot, whatever, and you had to run out of this building right now, you have the confidence that your gun's still going to function the same as it did when it was cleaned. But I, I look at, I want to see wear and tear on a gun too. For me as a test guy, like that's, I want to see, is this going to hold up to 25 years of rugged abuse? Or is it all the springs in it going to fall apart? I'm telling you right now, I've got guns that I've got probably 50,000, 60,000 rounds through. And the trigger still won't go off. Nope. You bet. So, Jared, we've got to cut to a break, but when we return, let's dive further into more of the topic and SIG Freedom Days. Stay tuned. Chad Building and his group of misfits. It's a lonely life, dude. Filled with depression and loneliness and... Oh, God, what's the big one down there? Uh, I can't believe how much of an idiot I am. You know, uh, he was his old self on the telephone. He's a smart guy. The Foul Life with Chad Belding will continue after this word from our partners. Chad Belding! Why are we yelling? We've had the provider mentality for a long time. Growing up and watching dad and mom cook wild game, whether it was an Italian lasagna or a spaghetti, I watched and awe and I couldn't wait to be old enough to do it. Then we got to travel and meet all of these different chefs at all these different lodges in Argentina and Uruguay or Paraguay or Arkansas or Missouri or Chef Mark Lindsay who you hear on the podcast This Life Ain't For Everybody a lot up in Minnesota at Trapper's Landing part of the Reed's family of brands and I started to learn so many different unorthodox out of the box ways of preparing Mr. Billy Bogey's smothered deer steak at Prairie Wings Duck Club in Arkansas or the duck empanadas at Duck Guides of Argentina. And they all became part of the Provider Cookbook, the Provider Mentality at theproviderlife.com, our rubs, our original 10 in the Ultimate Pack, including the swine and the flaky, the spawn, the drop time, the foul, the crosshairs, the Brit, the dragon, the Sonora. Then we introduced the brand beef rub and the mother cluck and chicken rub. And you can find recipes at theproviderlife.com. Check out the Provider TV on the My Outdoor TV app, Mo TV, part of the Outdoor Sportsman's Group and the Outdoor Channel family of brands. We got more coming. We got so much more coming. Good luck out in the field. Good luck out on the rivers. I hope you get those wild turkey nuggets and that pickle juice right away and get ready to throw down with some different rubs on them. The provider lifestyle. We're so honored to live it. Thank you, Lord, for letting us be outdoorsmen, hunter, gatherers, conservationists, and providers. Again, theproviderlife.com. Thank you for visiting. Ten Hut. Let's rejoin Chad Belding and police officer Jared Woodward in the Foul Life Six Hour Peace of Mind series. That's made possible by Six Hour, Secure It Firearm Storage, High Viz Sites, Federal Premium Black Cloud, and Avery Outdoors. All right, we're back. You're listening to the Foul Life Podcast, the Six Hour Peace of Mind series, and we're joined by Jared Woodward, and we've been discussing overcoming the fear of accidental firearm discharges. So what about heat and fire? Will that activate any kind of explosive? It will obviously activate a round, like, but you've you got to get it to a certain temperature, that, that combustion t- temperature. So if, if I threw had a campfire and I threw a whole bunch of rounds into the campfire, they're going to go off. There's no way around it. That casing's going to get so hot that it will discharge that round. The big thing with those, part of the reason that the, the bullet travels as fast as it does right. out of a muzzle, the pressures are trapped. It's in a very, very tight chamber, that just barely big enough to get that 
round and casing into it, right? So the, the path of least resistance that we talked about is out the end of the muzzle, right? That is the easiest place for it to go. But it's trapped all that gas. So it's kept all that pressure. Now it's pushing everything out the chamber end, the barrel end, the gun. So that's why you get that much speed. If I threw it around in a fire, there's nothing trapping all that gas. That gas gets to go left, right, up, down, all over the place, right? It's still going to go at a fairly probably decent speed, but it's not going to be traveling at thousands of feet per second. I guess depending on what casing it is and what round it is, they're not going to be traveling at that speed just because there is no, there's nothing trapping that the gases and pressures for that round. So heat, absolutely. If your house burnt down, that round that's in that chamber, if that gun gets to 800 degrees and 1,000 degrees, yeah, it's going to go off. <laughs> there's no way around that. It's got to get real it's hot. It's got to get hot. Sitting in a car, 120 degrees. The car is 150 that round's not going to go off. Okay, so I want to transition a little bit into one of the topics I want to talk to you about today. Everything we've been talking about on this podcast so far is about practice, and it's about confidence. Mm-hmm. And while, while Jared's talking, I'm looking on my phone about one thing that we discussed in the last couple of weeks. It's the SIG Freedom Days. Okay, this is one. Yep. This is an event that's going to be amazing. I'm going to read some topics or some inclusions that are going to be involved in this for signing up and going to experience this, which we are in November. Yep. Elm Fork Shooting Sports, Dallas, Texas, Friday, November 10th or Saturday, November 11th, 2023, 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. It's $499.95 plus tax per person per day. So $500 per person per day. And here's what you get unlimited shooting of SIG's most exciting products entered for a chance to shoot a variant of the U S army's newest machine gun, the SIG XM 250 one hour, small group courses led by world-class SIG Academy instructors meet SIG sour product experts, demo products from our partners in the industry, celebrity presentations and demos, exclusive SIG freedom gift bag, gourmet catered lunch. You must be 18 or over to attend SIG freedom days. Daily capacity is limited to 250 people. Sign up early to guarantee your spot. Please click here for frequently asked questions. So you can go on to SIGSour.com right on the homepage, go down about just one little swipe of your phone and you're going to see freedom days there. So I mean, this is an awesome deal to be able to go out and learn, right? Like this is learning from people that are, are what you said, testing these products every day. You're going to get a whole repertoire oh. of product rounds and uh, experience and confidence with this kind of event. I know a lot of people look $499. I'm here to tell you right now for a total of six hour day that you're hands on getting experience shooting. That's crazy reasonable if you it's ask not even a hundred dollars an hour no no but I, I tell you the amount of and money you're not spending money that includes your ammo that, that includes that's all what that. i was just going to say the the amount of ammo you're going to shoot that fully automatic military grade gun there, there's places that are charging 150 200 an hour just to rent the gun not including your ammo yeah so i mean crazy and i go above and beyond on that portion of it um i've actually had the the opportunity to go through a couple of sigs classes um the instructors that they sent out to us to train with exceptional Uh, just the knowledge and 
the attitudes that they presented to us, everybody walked away. And we're talking people that have shot or been a police officer for 20 something plus years or more. Everybody took something away from them. We've all been to tons and tons and tons, if not hundreds of different instructors through our entire years of being in law enforcement. We've, and we still took things away from the SIG instructors. They were great. I, I, I would love to have them come out once a month. I know that my range master and the county range master, they would love to have these guys out there all the time teaching and helping us. The courses of fire that they come up with were exceptional. Um, and just the knowledge, the overall knowledge, they reaffirmed some of the stuff that we were already teaching in that. They're like, yep, you guys are right on the money. Like you guys know this is great. Like this was a newer, I wouldn't say newer, but it's kind of in the, the newest of versions for law enforcement carrying red dots and stuff. We were taking one of them was a red dot class. And they're like, man, you guys are right on the money. The stuff that you guys are presenting to your students you guys know exactly what you need to present. What are the biggest points for a new shooter shooting a red dot? So they reaffirmed a lot of the stuff that we were teaching. They refined some of the stuff that we maybe knew, but didn't think it was as important. And they helped us. They help us build a, a different kind of a different lesson plan. So I will tell you the guys that came out for us, hands down, one of the better trainings I've ever been to. So for 500 bucks to go to that, for one day, full day, totally worth it. Totally worth it with ammo, lunch, all that, the gift bags, the instruction that you will get and you will receive, I guarantee you is top notch because I've talked to them. They're like, you guys have got to come back. Come back to our, our facility anytime um, or sign up, let us know. We'd love to have you guys back out there. Um, I've actually looked to talk to you about maybe, hey, let's see if we can get back there one day. Our schedules are probably the hardest thing to get together all the time but if you could get to one of these days with sig i think you're going to learn something very very valuable um maybe more than just one thing couple things that you're going to take from that training and be able to use on a day-to-day because they'll break it down is this are you looking for concealment are you looking for duty are you looking for just safety are you looking for just target shooting competition they can break it down into what specifically you're looking for into their aspects of training because they so got you talk about you've learned from instructors before you're in your 40s now you mm-hmm. almost are a retired police yep. officer how many years you got left i will have anywhere between four to six four to six years you'll be retired almost around 50 years old 52 mm-hmm. maybe how old are you 45 46 so you're going to be right around right around i'll 52. be 50 or 52 when i retire what would you take away from this now at this point in your career? As many rounds as you've shot in the academy, as many rounds as you've shot in, you also teach the cadets mm-hmm. at the course up there, as many private lessons as you've given, as much plinking as you've done with your family and friends, what would you take out of an experience like these six hour freedom days? I've done a ton of classes. The way they present the fundamentals to me. It's almost like re like yes. Like learning. I to wish ride I could go in. back to when I was first getting into handgun shooting and getting that knowledge because i i would say i developed a bunch of bad habits because i didn't have anybody to tell me how to do this correctly right or show me how to do it correctly so i just picked one up and i worked on it the best i could and i was like oh okay i managed myself i've taught myself certain things yeah i'd get a person here and there that would say hey let's do it this way oh that looks or i would try to mimic 
what I saw somebody else doing. And if it worked, it worked, right? I would love to go back now with the knowledge that I, that's out there from some of these instructors and learn from the very beginning. It's something that I've kind of, I've done with my daughter, like the knowledge that I've gained over all these years, she's got a little better grasp of the fundamentals right. than I did. I'll, I'll tell sure. you, when she gets to my age, it'll be an embarrassment on me trying to shoot with her. I mean, it almost is. She shoots 22 competitions, and I'm telling you right now, she, she gets to a point every now and then where I'm like, I don't know that I can beat her. When she's at her best, I don't know that I can shoot that competition as good as she does. I don't practice that, but she does, and that's why she's that good at it. That's where I think the biggest thing is she hasn't had a, enough time to develop bad habits because she's been given different instruction. Like I have some of my other buddies come out because you know how it is getting taught from your dad or well, somebody you, else. It's, yeah, different. it's the old analogy of teaching an old dog new trick, right? Those kids are so impressionable uh, and they haven't learned bad habits yet. It's so much fun for me to teach somebody. And it is, probably brings you back to like, Oh, that reminded me like, I need to get back at that or a hundred percent. You know what I mean? And that's what the, a course like freedom days or an experience like that could teach somebody as qualified as you. Yeah. So it doesn't matter what level you are. Mm-mm. You're going to get to see new product. You're going to get the fundamentals again. You're going to get first rate instruction. Absolutely. Top shelf instruction. All of that stuff is worth gold. Crazy. If you ask me gold wise, like the amount to be able to go out there too and do this. So, Sig's got a ton of different products, right? And, yep. and it's it's hard for, let's say, a first-time gun buyer to know what one I like, what one I don't like. Like, I don't like, I like this, I like that. I, going to a day like this, well, they'll have every, almost every product probably that they make. You could go, hey, I, I want to shoot this. They've got one. Go ahead. Let's shoot it. See what you think. So before you bought, you could go check this out, test it, play with it to see does it fit me? Is it what I really want? Ask the experts that are there. So this is what I'm thinking about using this for. They'll be able to give you some insight on, I don't think that's the best thing. I, I think this option. is better than that. Let's go test this out. I, I have a rig, uh, a holster rig. Let's test it for you. I mean, I guarantee you these guys are going to be more than open to helping you learn for what you're going to be using that gun for. I'm very mission specific is what I would call it. I don't carry the gun that I carry on duty concealed. It's too big. I have a different gun for that. I have a different gun for, like, you're in uh, workout shorts, whatever. I'm in. These are not workout shorts. Are are those the the Oakley? No. Nope, Vortex. I like that. So you're, let's say you're in a pair of shorts that don't have belt loops. Well, you're going to want a different holster. You're going to want to have a gun that is lighter weight, maybe. So for me, I have a gun that if I'm going to wear sweatpants or workout shorts or something, I have a 365, the the smallest, very plain Jane type setup. I don't put a red, I don't even have a red dot on it. For that reason, I'm trying to minimize the weight, but I still want to have something in case, hey, I got to run to the store to grab something or I'm out whatever it is. So I have a holster rig set up for that. So I'm very mission specific on what you have a gun to do. I don't think every gun can do everything with that in mind. I know that money is not, doesn't just grow on trees in the aspects. So you got to find out what's more important to you in that aspect. So I think the freedom days, you're going to be able to get a chance to go down there and 
test all their product, find out what works for you. The other big thing I love about SIG's products, um, and we do it at our range, is they're modular. So you have really, let's say you have really big hands. Well, I need a, a large to an extra large grip. Did, now you said I had up. workout shorts on and extra large hands? No, no, no. I said. <laughs> <laughs> I think that you're misdescribing me to this audience. I don't think this audience has any idea. He's like, he's like five foot nothing. <laughs> like five one, huge hands. Um, you're able to change that to fit you specifically. You got small hands. Petite female, probably going to need a different grip. I guarantee you they're going to have all those options. When you say modular, you mean that you could get the same slide, the same gun, the 365, and these are all going to be interactive modular pieces that you can build out. Yep. So the the grip modular, uh, the fire control or FCC unit pulls out of that module, the, the grip, and you place it into whatever grip size fits you, and you put your slide on it. We do it all the time. Takes a couple minutes. Small, medium, large, extra large. They have all these different sizes so that you can find a gun that fits you better. They have different grip styles. So you'll be able to find something that works for you because it is not one size fits all. Um, I think that's one thing that the gun industry has really figured out in the last 8 to 10, maybe 12 years. It used to be, hey, that's just the size of the gun. That's just the way it is. Right. You live with it, right? They all are so much different now and fitting the guns. They have different little spacers for like your Benelli to make sure it fits your cheek well right, right? They do all these th- things that are differently now than when we were young kids. It was like, hey, that's just how it is. Like You learn to deal with it. Yeah. Now it's... Don't deal with it. Build it out the way. Build you it want. out the way, that or fit you. it to you. Comfortable, safe, yep. because uh, very confident. I mean, the feel of a gun is what breeds confidence. That's hundred percent. It's like like if I pick up, you know, I'm sure my brothers, if they pick up the wrong golf club, they don't feel confident at the range like oh, they would. So if they had their custom fitted mm-hmm. irons, I'm sure everybody's that way, right? You, yep. Everybody gets what's comfortable with them because it, it's going to allow them to perform better. Yes, and and I a big proponent to. Hey, if it doesn't feel comfortable in your hand or in your holster on your body and that stuff, guess what? You're probably not going to carry it because it didn't feel comfortable. It's a pain in the butt. So then you don't carry. Well, kind of then what was the point to buy in a concealed weapon gun if you're not going to so actually carry So you talk about concealed, it? we're going to end it like this. A person should not be scared to carry a gun with a bullet in the chamber. No. Nope. A round in the chamber. A round of the magazine in with a live round in the chamber, in your holster, in your positioning, where you carry it on your body, in a truck driving, in a restaurant eating, on the couch, watching TV. I might even get tired and lay down. I might even start snoozing a little bit. My gun's still safe. Yep, 100%. As long as you you know your surroundings and who's around you. Yep. So I want to end it by this, Mr. Jared Woodard, Reno Police Department, Sig Sour Peace of Mind podcast. You talked about at the very beginning of this quality practice. It might have been a little, a third of the way in. You use the yep. word quality practice. How, again, I'm a baseball guy, so I'm applying it or, or comparing it to baseball. I didn't want to go in and take 200 hacks and have blisters all over my hands and <laughs> feeling like I just got run, you know, Beat ran up over my day. car, yeah. right? I wanted to go in and take 30 good hacks off the tee. Yep. Maybe 10, 15 off of soft toss, and then maybe 10, 15, 20 off of live pitching. War machine. I didn't want to tire myself out and beat myself up. What it, What would you say is a good practice 
analogy for how many magazines, how many rounds should I, and I know that there's all these different situations of like, well, I'm practicing this today because you said you're very mission orientated. But what's good? You don't want to go out there and shoot a thousand rounds in a day. Obviously, the expense is there. But what's a good practice amount of ammo to go out and practice with if you have a day to practice? Well, I, I think that all depends on how much one, how much time you have, what you're trying to work on. But you can work on a lot with zero rounds. You can work draw on your fire. draw and your presentation, and even decent trigger press dry firing right so get some of that in there but you got to go validate that right you got to go validate it you hey i did some the the t work and all that stuff well that doesn't help you against live pitching right to a point like you didn't see a live pitching live movement helps me with mechanics mechanics right so but it didn't help you with your timing and all that stuff for a fast hey this guy's throwing 100 well you're gonna want to see 100 miles an hour before you step in for the first time and see some guy throwing high 90s right so you're gonna want to build up to that so i would say 50 to 100 rounds probably minimum max 200 rounds 200 rounds okay working on one specific discipline or maybe two max max three like three I wouldn't disciplines. go three, three things that you need to work on, but you want to validate your, your draw, your trigger prep, all that stuff. You want to be able to take that out to the range with live ammo and go, all right, so all that dry practice, let's see how well it did. Start slow. You don't need to go, all right, I need to have on the beep from a draw one second at eight yards. That's ridiculous. That's, I would say fast for most people very fast hey just a two second from the draw two and a half seconds three seconds something like that from the draw seven yards to an a zone target okay let's see where you're at speed will get there but the fundamentals and the basics of it you need to have that good foundation so work on the draw even if it's at a slow pace Get out there and validate your dry fire drills. Um, but yeah, 50 to max 200 rounds, I would say. Um, if, if you're, I mean, I've had days where I've probably put 800 to 1,000 rounds downrange. That's a whole day, eight to four, eight to five. Most people aren't going to go out and be able to give that many hours to a day. Right. Um, and that's where, like we talk about the freedom days. That's a long day. Yep. You're going to be able to get a lot of reps in, a lot of information into you in that day. I would say most people are going to be able to go out for two, maybe three hours. Yeah, this is a long day, and you got to be prepared. you got to be mentally prepared. Mm-hmm. Taking notes. Are you ingesting all this just in your mind? It's a lot of knowledge being dropped. I've done it. I've done many, you know, I've never, this will be my first Freedom Days with SIG. But I've done many, you know, handgun courses of long days of starting at right what you're saying at that five yard mark. And people are like, what am I? I've seen big time instructors like Houston Shaw put qualified Navy SEALs on that paper at five feet to start off a day. And if they're not sitting there going, what are you doing, dude? I've got this down. It doesn't matter who you are. That's where that instructor's taking you. You know, he's got he's got a plan for you. Yep. And. That's what we talked about, getting back to the basics, understanding fundamentals. Um, it's not like riding a bike, in my opinion. It's not Shotgunning's not like, well, once you do it, it, it practice and getting conditioned is everything. And, and, and it's a skill set that's that you, perishable if you're not up on it. If, if you didn't go 
practice before the season started. Your first week when you're out duck hunting somewhere isn't going to be what it, what it would be at the end of the season when not you fired close. thousands of rounds, right? That that isn't that's not what that's we're looking for. That's why I invite for. more guys to hunt with me at the beginning of the season, <laughs> <laughs> so they can help you kill some ducks, more, more, more guns, <laughs> more more, more rounds into the air. Yeah, I mean, I mean, but that's the thing. We want to be as good as we can be. Are are we going to be perfect? No, none of us are perfect at it. I, I guarantee you, you could go back and and see Max Michelle at this Freedom Days. He isn't going to shoot 100%, but his speed and fundamentals are awesome. Yeah, I love um, watching that stuff. So th- you got to go somewhere, right? you got to start somewhere. Uh, people, I tell people, you got to learn how to crawl before you can walk and all that stuff, right? You can't go straight to sprinting. Hey, I want to shoot as fast as that guy does. Yeah. It, it isn't going to happen. And some of those guys, they've got millions of rounds under their belts, fired right so they're just you got to start somewhere so start slow if you ask me be safe slow work on some very very slow fundamentals speed will come speed will get there uh but yeah just work on the the things that i think you're everybody should be working on which is the fundamentals i guarantee if you go back to those days they're going to start at the fundamental portions the grip trigger press sight picture sight alignment it's all a fundamental and build from there. When you say, hey, they started, an instructor starts them off at five feet, five yards. We all want to get a baseline as an instructor. Where I want to get a baseline where everybody's at. Like, hey, are we ready to go back to the thousand yard mark? Like, no. At that point in time, I wouldn't know where anybody was at. I was like, oh, man, I didn't know you, you were that bad. Of We got to go back to the very beginning and start over. Yeah. So I want to see where everybody's at. I want to see what, oh, he needs to work on this or she needs to work on this. I'll be able to read the group and see, all right, I can't go to this speed this quick. I'll lose everybody. So a good instructor is going to be able to teach based on the group that they have. So it brings us back Friday, November 10th or Saturday, November 11th, 2023, Dallas, Texas, the Elm Fork Shooting Sports Complex, Elm Fork Shooting Sports Complex in Dallas, Texas, it's the SIG Freedom Days. Registration is occurring right now at SIGSour.com. Click on the link to Freedom Days on the homepage. 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. again on Friday, November 10th or Saturday, November 11th. $499.95 plus tax per person. You're looking at $500 for a day, like Jared Woodard said, six hours after your lunch. Unlimited shooting of SIG's most exciting products. Be entered for a chance to shoot a variant of the U.S. Army's newest machine gun, the SIG XM250. A one-hour small group course led by world-class SIG Academy instructors. Just that alone right there is worth hundreds of dollars. Just that one hour. Meet SIG Sour product experts, demo products from our partners in the industry, celebrity presentations and demos, exclusive SIG Freedom Days gift bag. I can't wait to see what's in there. Mm -hmm. I know you're all jacked up on that. You love the merch. And a gourmet catered lunch. I wonder if they're going to ask me to cook that lunch chad we're gonna need you to not shoot anymore and no, go get on the tray you're just you're just the chef for the week must be 18 or older to attend sig freedom days again november 10th or 11th friday november 10th or saturday november 11 2023 elm fork shooting complex dallas texas 9 a.m to 4 p.m each day get registered now at sigsour.com it's filling up fast and they're only allowing a limited group of 250 people per day Sign up early to guarantee your spot. SigSour.com for Jared.
Jared Woodard. I'm Chad Belling. This has been another episode of the Foul Life Podcast, our sub-series, the Sig Sour Peace of Mind. Thank you all so much for the subscriptions and downloads and the listens. Tell your friends. We got a lot of exciting things happening at our podcast right now. Be looking for some awesome stuff coming in the next, I'd say, three weeks. We're changing some things up. We got some new hosts starting on some of our, our titles and including a brand new podcast that we're going to be launching soon in the culinary arts world. Chad Belling, Jared Woodard, Peace of Mind, Sig Sour. Thank you so much for the support, Sig. We absolutely have confidence in all of the products. Go get fitted for your handgun, your AR. Go to one of these Sig Sour Freedom Days or to one of your local courses or instructional courses and get fitted. Get your confidence. Stay safe out there. And like today's message was, your loaded gun's not going to go off. Have confidence in that Sig product. Thank you, Jared. Thank you. Get your waterfowl knowledge right here. People get it right here. All I did was listen to the Fowl Life podcast, and now I own over a thousand mojo decoys, and I'm standing on a street corner selling my wife's jewelry to buy some jargon game calls. How did I even get here? Thanks a lot, Chad Belding. Um, it's Belding? Yeah, him too. You're listening to the Fowl Life with Chad Belding. Chad Belding. We'll be back when we want to be back, okay? If you're tired of settling for second-rate gear that doesn't perform when it counts, look no further than Bandit, the ultimate choice for hunters and outdoor enthusiasts. From top-of-the-line hunting jackets to ultra-comfortable, meticulously crafted waders, Bandit has everything you need to take your outdoor game to the next level. Their gear and innovations are anything but average, designed to give you the edge you need to succeed. But it's not just their gear that makes Bandit stand out. Bandit accessories like their backpacks, blind bags, gun cases, and more are built to withstand anything the outdoors can throw at you. Head to Bandit.com and experience the difference for yourself. Choose Bandit and dominate the outdoors like never before. We travel a lot. We're up and down America's highways, byways, thoroughways, cornfields, dirt roads, back roads, country roads. Love seeing that dust in our rear view. Love looking over and seeing the sun set, the sun rise, mallard ducks pitching in. To a pond in Kansas, a coyote howling in Wyoming, an antelope standing on the side of the road in Nevada. We get to do this all through Ford trucks. Corning Ford, Paul, Francis, the entire crew, the customer service, the service department, the selection, the dedication to excellence and quality. The number one Ford Super Duty dealer in the West United States five years in a row. They're in the top 10 in the country and they're in a little tiny town, Corning, California. 5,000 people deep maybe, but the construction, the farming, the ranching, the almonds, the walnuts, the olives, the duck hunting, the fishing, the deer hunting and turkey hunting, predator hunting, you name it. Corning Ford is part of it. They support our lifestyle, their pricing. They refuse to mark them up. Give them a try. They'll deliver your truck anywhere in the country. They've delivered them to Alaska, Florida, so many to Nevada, so many to Northern California, all over Arizona and Colorado. They've delivered three to Tennessee. They delivered one to Minnesota to our friend Andrew at Wild Acre Kennels. It's Corning Ford. They support the outdoors, and there's nothing better than a Ford truck. These 2023 Ford Super Duties, F-250s, F-350s, the long bed, the short bed, the tremor package. Watch your speed. Set that cruise control because sometimes you'll look down and be like, I'm not going that fast. Something's got to be broken. And you're pulling a trailer, and you got a Lear topper on the back of it. The bed of your truck is full. They're meant for hauling. They're meant for towing. Thank you, Francis. Thank you, Paul. There's nowhere better in the country to buy your next Ford vehicle or Ford Super Duty truck than Corning Ford. Thank you all for supporting them. The Fowl Life. Man, that was a lot of information. A lot of great information. Instruction 
tips, stuff that we can put in our bank and remember it when it comes time to practice. Thank you so much, Jared Woodward, for being on the Foul Life Podcast, the Sig Sour Peace of Mind series. I hope you all enjoyed that. I hope you all tell your friends about it, where to find us, whether it's Apple Music or Spotify or Pandora. Go to thefowllife.com. Click on that podcast link. You can listen to prior episodes. You can see future guests coming up. You can tell your friends and family where to find the podcast, how to download it, how to subscribe to it. We appreciate the support so much. I absolutely love bringing this podcast to you. One, sometimes up to three or four episodes a week. It's starting to be the duck season, the goose season 2023-24. So we're going to have a lot of in-the-field guests from different camps across the country, including north of the border again in Saskatchewan and Alberta. We're going to be back up there with our Canadian family. So look for future episodes coming straight out of Canada, out of New York with Nick McNamara and the Basswood Lodge. It's the Foul Life Podcast. I'm your host, Chad Belding. Thank you all so much for being here.